Welcome to this episode of Tales of the Resistance, a podcast all about antimicrobial resistance, how it impacts our daily lives. I am the project manager at the I'm Responsible Project, Mara Zalt, and um, I am joined today by Amber Patterson. Hi, I'm Amber Patterson. I'm the Multimedia's graphics designer for the Schmidt Lab and the I Am Responsible team, and I'm happy to be here. All right, so this time we're talking to Dr. Lindsay Chichester. She's at the University of Nevada. She grew up with cattle and sheep ranching in Northern California, and then she went on to do college in Texas. And um, she is now an extension educator at the University of, no, I'm sorry, the University of Nevada, where her current programming is focused on ag ag literacy for youth and adults, ag health and safety, animal care and welfare, ag tourism, small acreages, and beekeeping. She's just doing it all out there in Nevada. And she's part of the I Am Responsible team talking about AMR in agriculture and livestock management settings. Yeah, I think that's pretty exciting. That's a a wide range of of animals to cover, bees to cattle. So I'm I'm really interested to hear her perspective and, and ask her some questions. Maybe we should start for our audience with a discussion of what we already know about how the relationship between antimicrobial resistance and livestock. So I I don't know a whole lot about it. I know that livestock can have AMR in their guts, in their microbiome. And then, you know, that can get transferred to humans through consumption. I don't want to overstate it, but, you know, generally speaking, there's, there's going to be antimicrobial resistance in everybody's guts if they've had a antibiotic. The concern is how are all the different ways that we can move from AMR in the gut of an animal to a person. So obviously we have much more interaction with our pets and stuff. And we've talked about that before, but we do, some people interact directly with livestock. If you work on a farm, then there's obviously we all, most all of us eat animals at some level. So there's opportunity there. If, and I I put that as a big, if there's a failure in the food safety protocols, right? Fascinating. You know, I think a lot about AMR and people and our behaviors, you know, washing our hands, finishing our antibiotics, but I don't necessarily think a lot about animals and how, what role that plays and the stewardship of animals to reduce AMR in the environment. So, yeah. And I think it's always important to talk about Um, when we talk about antibiotic use with animals, it's, it's an issue of animal well-being and animal health that they have access to medicine to treat diseases when they're sick. Either we come up with, either we use antibiotics or we come up with some alternatives, but they need to have something or else, you know, you're, you're getting into all kinds of ethical considerations in terms of how we're treating other living things. Maybe we'll, we'll just go ahead and get started.
Well, hi, my name is Lindsay Chichester. I'm an extension educator for the University of Nevada, Reno, and my background is in animal science and agriculture. And in my current position, I work um, specifically around IA IAMR with youth quality assurance. So we work a lot on just communicating with youth about the judicious use of antibiotics, withdrawal dates, medicated feeds, anything that might impact the health of their animal in regard to antibiotics and antibiotic use. If there is a typical day, what does a typical day look like? Well, I don't know that Extension has typical days. That's one of the things that makes it kind of fun is every day is a little bit different. So Extension is um, every land-grant university has kind of a, a three-legged stool, if you will. So there's research, teaching, and then outreach and engagement. So Cooperative Extension is the outreach and engagement portion of the those land-grant universities. And we're almost in every county across every state. So it's a really interesting dynamic to have boots on the ground, grassroots efforts, um, bringing the research that happens on research stations and at universities out into the community. Um, you know, the days could vary from, you know, this week, we are working with a group of small acreage owners in regard to animal well-being and health. Um, and then just working on some youth curriculum on being responsible producers. So ideally we hope that, you know, if they raise livestock animals as a youth, that's gonna be something that they would continue to do as adults. And if not, um, they can definitely be informed consumers, which is always important as well. You know, ensuring that the youth have a veterinarian that they work with to provide prescriptions for their, for their animals should they need it. So if they're sick or, you know, have a stomach ache, diarrhea, animals get a lot of the same health things that we get as humans. And so sometimes they also need antibiotics to ensure that they stay healthy and are well. And, you know, we don't ever compromise their well-being as part of not providing those to them. But as we do provide them to the animals, you know, just making sure the youth understand it's important to follow all the label directions and withdrawal periods and just do the best that they can for, for their animals, for being stewards of those animals. So yeah, every day does vary and it just depends on the season as well. And for, for the youth, especially, how are they sort of responding to those messages? Is this maybe a first time that they've heard about antimicrobial resistance? So I think if the kids come from an agriculture background, they're probably more aware of it than some of the kids who don't necessarily grow up on a ranch or a farm. You know, when you're raised around it all the time, and maybe you're treating a lot larger number of animals, that it's a little bit different versus the kids who maybe raise one or two animals a year on, you know, a school farm or a neighbor property or whatever that would look like. And so just creating awareness, I think is important. And then, you know, just understanding the dynamics between when the crossovers happen between animal health and human health, but just, you know, just the importance of having those conversations and, and what it means. And even, you know, most of them at some point, the kids, the, you know, the human kids, not the animal kids, um, might get sick and need antibiotics too. And so just communicating those messages of finishing the full dose, you know, if what you had and received an antibiotic for didn't go away the first time, 
you might be establishing some sort of resistance and what that means. And so it's a lot of the same messages, but just transferring it, you know, to what that looks like in humans versus animals and why it's important. If maybe you could expand a little bit more on some of the non-antibiotic alternatives, either either things that you can actually give them as as like a treatment and application or just like the husbandry areas um, that you might cover in some of your programming uh, to reduce antibiotic use overall? Um, probiotics are always a good one. Similar to, you know, I've got a, a son that sometimes antibiotics give him a really upset stomach. So we always turn to probiotics in cases like that. And that just helps establish better overall gut health. So what works for us, again, works well in the animal world, um, making sure that the animals are healthy. So you know, maybe they get some sort of supplements for vitamins and minerals and, you know, just ensuring that they're as healthy as they can be, which, you know, if, if they're healthy, they're less likely to get sick and need antibiotics. And then just biosecurity, it's always good to, you know, be responsible and mindful of if you go off of the farmer ranch and you come back on, you know, are you driving out in your pasture and your tires are a contaminant or your shoes a contaminant? Um, are you switching out needles in between any injections of sick animals going into the vaccine bottle or the medication bottle? You know, if you're working with sick animals, go in and, you know, change your clothes and throw your dirty clothes in the washing machine. And, you know, because some of these things, if you're working with animals that are unwell or have diarrhea or scours, you know, and it's on your pants, well, then you go in to your house for lunch and, you know, are you exposing your family? Are you exposing your pets? You know, just being mindful of the whole concept of, you know, I need to be the change agent, I guess, that switches clothes or, you know, does a bleach water solution on my shoes. So, you know, everybody's got a, a responsibility to play washing your hands. You know, that's a big one that Obviously, if anything's become obvious in the last couple of years that we should all be better at and do more of um, is simple hand washing. There's even a lot of, you know, foodborne illnesses that can stop because of simple hand washing. So there's just a lot of small things that that people can can do and keep in mind to keep their animals healthy that don't necessarily revolve around um, having to give an antibiotic, you know, and maybe it's low stress environments, uh, access to um, cool, clean water, you know, just keeping the animals overall health in mind is important as well. I was just going to ask you if you would talk a little bit about what you think the future of AMR looks like. Oh, the million dollar question. <laughs> um, well, I think it's, you know, it's going to take all of us to, I grew up on a ranch in Northern California. So we've always had animals and, you know, if they need it, they were always given an antibiotic to, to make them well again. But it wasn't until I became an extension professional that I really started seeing the change happen with the whole dynamics around antibiotics in general and how we were starting to see more of a resistance, you know, just being cognizant of, do we really need antibiotics or, you know, some of the things we already talked about, washing your hands, you know, there's a lot of things that 
maybe we don't need to, to use antibiotics to the level we have been. And if we do, are we being real smart about it? Because, you know, if we ever get to a point where we can't use the antibiotics we have to fight the, the illnesses and diseases that we have, then what? It's going to just become more and more tricky to treat diseases and problems and illness going forward. So now I'm working in the youth aspect side of things mostly and educating there. And I'm optimistic that, you know, as we continue to all work together, you know, what does that look like for producers and what does that mean as a, a responsible livestock owner? Okay. Well, appreciate you coming on today and, and sharing with us. Yeah. Thanks ladies. I appreciate it. Okay. So what did we think about that conversation? Can you talk a little bit about why an animal would be given an antibiotic? Because, and this might be kind of an aside, but I think it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of people refrain from eating meat or they try to get the highest quality, you know, no antibiotic fed animals because they're animal welfare. But then if you think about an animal being sick and being denied antibiotics, that seems really cruel to me. So I just was wondering if you could kind of demystify that a little bit. Like why would animals be given antibiotics to begin with? Sure. So I think that, um, and, and some of this has changed over time. And obviously I'm not a veterinarian, so um, I will give my understanding of the topic and um, we will hope to get some, you know, veterinarians to discuss the topic more in general. But so generally, obviously, um, what you want, the antibiotic is meant to sort of maintain the health of the animal, right? So you can either give them as a treatment to disease, they, they are sick. We know they're sick. That particular animal is sick. So we're giving them an antibiotic. And obviously people get antibiotics when they're sick too. You could give an animal an antibiotic if um, you have a reasonable expectation that they will be sick because of what is known about their life cycle or um, the environment that they're in. Uh, so when cattle are moved from uh, one housing location to another, they might receive an antibiotic because there's known environmental stress there. And so they are known to be likely to get uh, uh, bacterial respiratory infections. And then you would give them an antibiotic. This is kind of like when you have a surgery and they send you home with antibiotics. There's no um, known infection yet, but they have a reasonable expectation to think you might get one. And then the other thing is that in, in animals, because there's less ability to, um, for, they can't talk to you to, and see that you're sick. They, they're very communal. So they, they live in close proximity to each other. Um, there are occasions where you would give an entire group of animals an antibiotic because some of them are sick. You know, you have the, you, you have an indication that some are sick. You don't know for sure that they're all sick, but, um, with, since you can't 
they're not going to tell you that they're sick until they're very sick, um, that you can really observe it, then you give it to them uh, preventively in that sense. So those are the three that are, to my knowledge, allowable in the United States, the uses of antibiotics. Um, it used to be, and this is sort of conflated, I think, in a lot of people's understanding of the topic, that it, you, that used to be allowed to give antibiotics for what's called growth promotion. But I should say here that they don't do that anymore. They do not do um, antibiotics for growth promotion in the United States. Right. And I think a lot of people still think that they do. Right. And so since they changed that law, I think it was 2017, you've seen a big decrease in the amount of antibiotics that are given to animals. But of course, the uh, United States is not the only source of all of um, our food. Antibiotics or microbes move around quite a bit. So antibiotics that are given for growth promotion in another country can potentially have impact here at some point. So we got to keep an eye on that. Um, so we'll wrap up our conversation. We will look forward to seeing y'all again here soon. Thanks. Thank you. No murders will ever be made in the uh, production of this podcast. We're not that type of podcast. Yeah, no. Uh, I don't, I don't want to question too much what cereal is up to, but you know. <laughs> <laughs>